Kadun, 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 kadun. It sounds like a gallop, the labor and delivery nurse joked, making a pun on our name. Judy and I laughed. The fetal monitor strapped onto her belly amplified a signal that did sound like the hollow clatter of hooves. The concussions of that tiny heartbeat reverberated in the narrow room at San Diego's Kaiser Foundation Hospital, making our baby's presence real. We were already calling him Joseph, although there'd been no prenatal tests that might have established the gender. Judy swore she knew it was a boy. Besides, folk wisdom held that males had slower fetal heart rates, and 134 beats a minute was fairly slow. Still, either sex would be perfectly all right. Did we want a boy or a girl? For nine months, our stock answer had been a resounding, You bet! As long as the baby is healthy. Everyone says that. Judy's labor proceeded slowly, or else the hands of our clock were spinning at an improbable rate. Surely that much time hadn't passed. But the nurse who joked about our name had gone home. A new shift of doctors and nurses checked in with us periodically, but gave most of their attention to our neighbors, some of whom were not coping well. One desperate voice in the next room kept insisting, No puedo! No puedo! I can't! I can't! Its owner, deaf to the urgent advice offered in two languages, Judy just concentrated on the breathing techniques that had been taught in our Lamaze course, and, like all anxious dads-to-be, I tried to help by providing cups of crushed ice and deliberately panting through the contractions with her, face to face. <laughs> a pause, and then a long, drawn-out, <sighs> Another pause, and we repeated. For more hours still. 3.15. This was a.m. Judy had been flat on her back for 17 hours. The nurses praised her control, obviously meaning what they said. But enough was enough. She needed help. And so an anesthesiologist appeared to give a series of epidural injections, three, since the first two didn't work. The woman offered a little pleasant chatter while waiting to see if her drug would ever take hold. It turned out she was familiar with our home turf in Virginia which we'd left two years earlier to move out west. The three of us reminisced about the Blue Ridge Mountains, until we noticed that Judy was no longer suffering. In the quiet minutes that followed, Judy and I looked at each other and shrugged. The plan had been to have a natural childbirth. But this one compromise wasn't so bad. Modern medical science would complement nature. We felt perfectly at ease when they popped an oxygen mask over her mouth and nose shortly thereafter. I recalled tales of babies who in more benighted days had been damaged by birth asphyxia and knew mine at least would be okay. The heart monitor continued feeding out spools of paper with a graphic representation of the galloping hooves, which we took as assurance that all was still well. The IV, now with its piggyback bottles of other drugs, all this high-tech stuff, I knew, would protect us. What? Are you folks still here? The morning shift was back on duty. I could hear someone being briefed on the activity in each of the labor rooms. The Hispanic lady next door had been whisked away for a C-section. I gathered that we were next in the queue. A handsome, balding doctor strode into the room with a plan. It's high time we got that baby out, he announced. I recommend proceeding right away with cesarean delivery. Please, no, Judy said weakly. He raised an eyebrow at me. We wanted to do this the traditional way, 
I explained. Yes, but you haven't succeeded. Your wife has made very little progress, and now she's exhausted. I can still do it, Judy interjected, miffed at being excluded from the conversation. He shook his head. The baby might be too large to be delivered normally. He looked us both up and down. A short mom and a skinny dad. People unlikely to produce a giant. Okay, let's give it a try, he decided reluctantly. But just once. Then we're doing a section. Attendants appeared and wheeled my wife's bed into the delivery room. I followed her inside where the pace of events rapidly entered high gear as four or five green-clad specialists donned surgical masks and briskly attended to their appointed tasks. The wall clock showed 8.35. This day, March 5, 1985, we would gain a new family member, the first of the next generation.